it's really important to notice those moments when you feel like something is irritating you, uh, when it just doesn't feel right. And when it doesn't feel right, just close your laptop, take a deep breath, get some water and go for a walk. It's really something that will help you take your mind off of that thing that you're really upset about. And if you take, let's say, even three minutes yourself, if you just stay right there, close your eyes, breathe, it will really help you let go. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. Together, we will break all the stereotypes about Ukrainians so that when the flag of Ukraine is lifted anywhere in the world, everyone will know Ukraine and its unique culture because today, Ukraine has a dynamic new generation that will change the world. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help liquidate the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then, from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for Ukrainian children. And thank you all so much for the support. More than 225 people participated in this project for Ukraine, from the vice president of the Helen Marlin Group to the Vice Chancellor of the UGCC Church, to the President of the Erasmus Student Network Kiev, to the President of the World Trade Center Kiev, to students from the FLEX program, Ukraine Global Scholars, Yale University, Harvard, and the London School of Economics, to the United Nations, to interns at the Ukrainian Parliament and at the Canadian Parliament, to top 1% students in Ukraine. But not only them. This project is for all Ukrainians from all backgrounds. So if you wish to participate, send me a message on Instagram at aziz.future and join the Telegram channel Kiev Future. My goal is to interview hundreds of Ukrainians. And the world is listening. This podcast is already top 50 in the United Kingdom, France, Switzerland, and Monaco. Top 25 in Austria, Germany, Canada, Russia, and Poland. Top 15 in Australia, Italy, Spain, and Dubai. And top 10 in Norway, Sweden, the Netherlands, South Korea, Singapore, and in many other places because this is now officially the number one podcast on Apple about Ukraine. Together, we will break the stereotypes. Together, we will help all other countries discover and respect the greatness of Ukrainian people and this good reputation will support the development of Ukraine, creating more opportunities for every Ukrainian to have a better life. So let's begin. My guest today is Mary Lemza. 
Mary is a Ukrainian volunteer service coordinator, a Flex 2020 alumna in Maine, and soon she will become a student at Lee Po Chon United World College in Hong Kong as a UWC finalist in 2021. She also participated in the program The Agents of Volunteering by Ukrainian Volunteer Service. Mary has a lot of artistic hobbies. For example, her absolute favorite one being theater and art. She also enjoys learning about global issues and taking part in Model UN. Other great hobbies of hers are volunteering, project making, journalism, and attending various webinars, workshops, and seminars. Her favorite quote is, Action may not always bring happiness, but there is no happiness without action by Benjamin Disraeli. And her favorite food is licorice plus cacao with coconut milk since she is vegan and has a great interest in sustainability. Mary, how are you today? Hi, thank you so much for having me. It was really an awesome introduction. And I want to say that I'm a great admirer of your work. And I want to thank you for your passion for Ukraine and its people. Thank you so much. You're absolutely very kind. Later on, you might tell me if you had any favorite interviews. But for now, I want to focus on your emotional side to understand Mary from there. When you really want to feel alive, to forget all your troubles, to feel your favorite emotions, what do you like to do? Oh, that's a hard question, but I think there are two options here. First is to go to the nature, be in solitude, and maybe with some animals, because that really gives me a lot of power, I'd say. And the other option would be to go and meet people. I know it might sound strange, but I really get a lot of positive emotions from being around like-minded people, you know, positive, energized Ukrainian teenagers. We all speak about both. And let's begin first with (laughs) nature. So when you're there in nature with animals, how do you feel? Well, usually to me, it's about meditating, reflecting and reading. So I guess I feel at ease as if the world kind of stopped. It really needs to take a break from hustle culture sometimes. And that what really helps me. I have a billion and one questions, but okay, let's speak about hustle culture. Are you part of it? What do you think about it? What's good about it and what is bad? Tell me all. Oh, actually, I guess I am a part of hustle culture. I am a type of person who is always rushing for those achievements, projects and everything. And that really is hard on me. I'm being hard on myself because, you know, I always feel like I'm not achieving enough. And I feel like that's what a lot of teenagers are facing. So hustle culture is great because it helps us be productive. It helps us achieve things. Oh, my God. It helps us achieve things. It helps us push ourselves. However, it can also cause a lot of struggles with mental health. And to me personally, it's been very hard to find the balance between my life, between sleep, between all the projects I want to do, my work, studying and everything of that sort. So there are two th- two sides to this issue. Yeah. 
tell me about achievements. Is it that you want the achievements or is it that achievements are expected? I'd say, actually, nobody ever pushed me to achieve anything. I know many teenagers struggle with mm, expectations. I've never had those expectations towards myself. So I guess it's been just my inner desire to prove that I can to myself and to others. And I guess it's just been interesting because I really am a curious person and I just love seeing what I can and cannot do. And every project, every activity I take parts in is about exploration to me. So I guess this is a passion of mine and achievements is just something that makes me feel alive. Makes you feel alive. And if you were to reflect on a way to explore that respects your mental health and that could be even better in some ideal world or parallel universe, what could this way be that will help you explore who you are without hustle? Hmm. I guess me without hustle would be the same person, but the one who can balance well and doesn't have burnouts because you know when you have a lot going on you have three projects you're working on you also have a job and studying and theater Um, it can be very overwhelming and you just need to take that step back and just let you have some rest let yourself have some rest and I guess in that perfect universe I would be the person who is good at balancing things and just is easier on myself if someone is burning out Is balancing in order to do the same or more the solution? Or could there be another paradigm to see this through? Yeah, there may be a lot of reasons for burnout. There are different types of burnout, like emotional, physical, intellectual. And I think when you're facing a burnout, it's important to really stop. Just take a pause from everything you're doing. Maybe try journaling and to see what the problem is, because it might be the activity that you don't enjoy anymore. It might be people or your surroundings that make you feel uncomfortable. It may be that you're just working nonstop and not giving yourself enough time to rest. And in my case, it's been for the most time the last one. Um, So, yeah, I really think that there are different causes for this and taking a step back to to relax, maybe something that will not only lead you to being more productive in the future and keep doing the things that you love doing, but it could also help you better understand yourself and see what's wrong about the activity that you did that leads, that led to burnout. I hope I'm making sense. But yeah. Yes, you're making a lot of sense. And I like it. You're reflect a lot I can tell so when you're in nature you can meditate you can reflect I don't know whether you do that as you mentioned now through journaling or just daydreaming and thinking (laughs) and you said reading and before that you mentioned spending time around animals is that correct first oh yeah yeah sure in my own understanding Meditation and reflection are opposites. 
So what is your definition of meditation? What is your definition of reflection? And how can reading help you? Is it a way to relax, to escape? Or is it like you're reading philosophy, so it helps you reflect? Or how does that go? I guess it's everything at once, really. Um, You read to slow yourself down, first of all. Well, in my case. And then you can try a meditation to let your brain rest, to empty your mind and to stop your thoughts from rushing around. And then you can actually have a reflection because you emptied your head in a way and now your mind is clear. And then you're just making more sense to yourself. So I guess that's the way it works for me. Thank you. So when you're rushing, your thoughts are rushing too, and therefore you have no time to get a sense of what's going on. But when you slow yourself down, you can look and reflect on those thoughts, understand the patterns and the causes and the deeper meanings, and therefore both you rest as well as you learn from experiences to be more productive and balanced in the future. Did I get this correctly? Perfectly said. Thank you. And tell me about animals. What do they add to this picture? Oh, actually, I've been having the strangest encounters with animals. Um, It's very fun for me to go to new places in the wild. Like recently, I went to the lake nearby. I recently discovered it exists. Um, And I just said, I, well, I stopped there. I was reading a book. And then suddenly a turtle came near and I just don't have enough words to express how surprised I was to see that turtle, but it felt like we had this type of connection, you know, like it looked at me, I looked at her, him, not sure, but I don't know, just these funny little interactions make me really, I don't know, feel like I'm not a part of, how do I say this? It's like, you have this connection with nature that you lack being trapped in a city. I hope it makes sense, but yeah, that really helps me see that there is more to life than this glass, metal, cement buildings. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Desmond Morris has a book called The Human Zoo, where he speaks about cities that animals, when they're trapped in their cages in a zoo, they get an a feeling of background depression that they lose their vitality that animals in the wild don't have. And therefore, humans who are disconnected by building their own zoos Mm -hmm. as cities wonder why they're living in a state of uh, constant unease or dis-ease. And it's because they lost this connection to nature. What are your thoughts on this first? And second, you said you had this connection with this turtle and you're having the strangest encounters. I don't know whether you're metaphysical or spiritual, but what are your thoughts about those coincidences? Well, to answer your first question, I really have to read that book. It sounds so interesting. And I really do believe that it's not the best that we trapped ourselves in these cages, as you call them. And I really wish that more people could leave, could live closer to nature because I'm not sure if it works for everyone this way, but 
I myself feel much better when I'm able to go through the woods or to listen to the sounds of the sea or the ocean. And yeah, um, to answer the second question of yours, I am really not sure. I, I think I just love animals and I have only one dog and I just lack animals in my life. And that's why I notice every pigeon. I sometimes say hi to dogs, whatever. I'm not sure why I'm saying this to you, but um, yeah, I just love animals. I think that's it. Thank you. Actually, I had guests who said that animals are better than humans. <laughs> what are your opinions on this controversial thought? Oh, why are you making me say such hard things? <laughs> I actually don't want to comment on this. I don't know. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> In either case, I think that it's probably not right to compare the two. Um, both can be very nice in different situations. I guess a shark, which ate a human, wouldn't be considered very nice, as well as a human who probably could have killed someone wouldn't be a very nice person either. I hope that's an answer. <laughs> Thank you. Philosophically, actually, they would say that animals don't have bad intent. A shark who will eat a human didn't like mean to harm but a human who does the same or hurt someone, they will have intention or, um, you know, as the French say, en toute connaissance de cause, which they use in the, uh, when they're going to take someone in front of a judge, that the fact that they committed a crime that was premeditated adds a lot more than it was like a spur of the moment unexpected things and therefore what makes animals not evil is that they cannot have philosophically they cannot have bad intent while evil requires intent that was malicious from the beginning i don't know if that makes sense yeah that does make a lot of sense actually thank you for this insight I think that there are some animals that do harm to other species um, intentionally, probably. Like hornets, for instance, they destroy bees' nests and they don't have a particular reason to do that. They just do it. So, yeah, but that's definitely an interesting observation and, and an interesting Thank you. Yeah. But it's instinctive, meaning that's why you said they don't have a reason, while mm -hmm. humans will do it for no like if, if someone went around killing people, a human, you'll think, what's wrong with that, with that person? If a tiger went around, they'll think, okay, something is bad happening. Maybe it was hurt. Maybe it was scared. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to ask you, you said two sides. So there was the nature side. The other one is spending time with people, with young Ukrainian teenagers on the same wavelength and energy and activity level as you what does that give you and what's your favorite part about such people i might have not said it correctly i'd say i just enjoy being around people it doesn't matter whether they're alike or whether they're the same age i just like talking to people getting to know them probably the way you do because hearing your interviews you like getting to know people's soul um so I guess to me, it's pretty much the same. I just love hearing different stories. And honestly, I love asking people questions. I just don't want to do it now to not disrupt the interview. Uh, but 
yeah, I guess that's what gives me a lot of energy, just seeing how passionate people are about things they do. And sometimes when you meet people who really enjoy some topics, you can ask them questions and see where it leads. And you could even come up with a project idea from that thought, you know? And those ideas are the best, probably. So, yeah. How do you evaluate projects? You said you can have conversations and come up with project ideas out of it. Well, do you go for the low-hanging fruits, easy stuff? Or do you go for the difficult bets and the things that have low probability, but why not someone should try them? You know, if we talk about the fruit analogy, I'd say, you know, when you look at the tree and you're trying to find a fruit which gives you the greatest motivation to reach it, it might not be the best one, but you see it and you know you want it. It's that fruit. Like, it doesn't matter whether it's slow and easy to get or whether it's, like, super high or whether it's pretty or not. You just kind of feel it. Like, you you hear an idea, you start thinking about it, and you just have that click like it, it just works and you feel like if you brought it to life it would make someone happy and that's when you know a project is worth going for it will make someone happy tell me why that is important for you because i feel like whatever we are doing or we should be doing this for a reason and to me personally when i feel like something i do makes someone happier it makes me happier than if I did this thing to myself. Like, you know, when you buy yourself a present, you may be happy. But when you give this present to someone else and they are excited, it makes you even happier. So I guess it's the same for, with projects with me. And moreover, with volunteering, for instance, you usually help people who struggle with something or you help the environment. And just that feel feeling that you did something great in this world is something that makes you feel like, you know, there's there's sense in what you do. And that's great. I want to explore that. You actually mentioned two things, making others happy, as well as you're doing something for a bigger cause. But you're speaking about sense and reason, whether you spoke about before those animals that destroy the uh, hornet's nest or whatever, doing it for no particular reason, and etc. So why is it important for you that there is a reason for things and that things make sense? Oof, that might bring me back to the burnout part that we talked about, because when you don't understand why something is happening, it may be a cause you lose interest for it. And to me, when I stop understanding why I'm doing something, like, why should I continue? If I don't feel any, if I don't feel anything towards a subject, why should I keep doing it, you know? I think that's it. It's just about understanding why. Understanding why something is worth pursuing or something yeah what will you study in the college you're going to are you wondering whether it's philosophy no (laughs) 
Okay, it's not. Um, I was thinking about journalism, theater, business, marketing. There are a lot of options. Um, and that's the hardest part about being an A student. Um, but yeah, I'm still thinking. And I guess my top choice was international relations because it really helps you explore communication, uh, diplomacy, global issues, and a lot of other fields that could be helpful. Thank you. And one thing common among all of them is they deal with perspective, hmm. especially journalism and marketing, <laughs> which they call framing or international relations or countries' brands and um, argumentations, etc. So it's important for you to have reasons, but from all the topics you're interested in, you will learn that you can decide the reason for anything because reality is so complex. There are so many reasons for everything that you can choose whatever reason empowers you or is positive for you. Like they have this example where imagine you're driving in a car and someone comes behind you in their red car and they beep, 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 and then they cross you and go um, faster than you really stressed you'll think what's this uh, stupid person doing but if you knew like uh, they were going it was like the husband going to his wife giving birth in the hospital and he's running out you'll think oh that's actually a good thing you know what i mean it changes your perspective although the grounded reality stayed the same and therefore to know the why things you're doing things do you need to know from an external source or an objective way why you're doing things? Or can't you just add your own meaning to everything? Like when they found that people who hated their jobs could find a way to connect what they do to their values, they will begin to like their jobs, although they hated it. And the only difference is in their mind that they're connected their action to their values. Therefore, if this is possible with everything, why do you do that in particular? If you can make anything become a way that is connected to a bigger cause, I hope you know what I mean because it's really philosophical. Yeah, I do. That is such a great line of thought. Um, huh. Yeah, that really is about perspectives and really whatever we do can be connected to a greater cause, you know, like planting a tree, it will produce more oxygen and therefore it will help the environment. Or I don't know, maybe working on a factory and creating some type of product, if it's not single use plastic, um, it will probably be useful to someone in the world and maybe will make someone smile and make their day better. So- One second, yeah. before you finish that, there is a George Carlin, a skit that is very funny, even about single-use plastic. He said, well, what if the Earth wanted to bring us just so that we can bring plastic out from it because they thought it's beautiful, and then we all die and finish our purpose. <laughs> and therefore, that is a perspective that is saying that, yes, the, the Earth wanted us to come so that we extract the plastic and then we die. And that is our life purpose on this Earth. Yeah, you see, everything has a reason. Everything has a meaning if you want to find it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, 
What I was trying to say, though, is that I guess it's more about whether you yourself find the meaning. Like, you can force yourself to try and justify some actions of yours to find an excuse for doing something. But if it doesn't drive you, if it doesn't make you feel happy, why should you try to, to find an excuse for doing that? Why should you try to find an excuse for wasting your... I love, I love that. Wait, wait, wait. What is the difference between reason and excuse? <sighs> excuse is when you are trying to justify something. Like when you don't see the reason, but you are forcing yourself to try and find it. To say that, well, it's worth it because, you know, but when it's reason, you just know it. Like, yeah, I hope I explained it. I'm not sure if I did, but you just... No, no, this is so interesting. (laughs) So reason, because you see it. So I imagine you're a visual person Mm -hmm. and you feel it inside. So you're kinesthetic and emotional at the same time. (laughs) And excuse is when you think about it with your brain, but there is no body emotions and there is no seeing the logic uh, that makes sense in an emotional way. Correct? Yeah, I think so. But someone's reason could be someone else's excuse and someone's (laughs) excuse could be someone else's reason. So how does it work? It just works that way. All people are different, you know? We have different priorities in life. And to someone, creating a toothbrush, let's say, may be something they truly enjoy. Because why not? To somebody, typing out a book can be the work of their lifetime. And to me, it would probably be boring, and I would want to go and rush and achieve and do projects, you know? Because that's something that makes me happy. And I don't have to find an excuse for myself to be sitting in, I don't know, in a factory and making toothbrushes because I don't love that. And that doesn't make me happy. Yeah. (laughs) I like this. So if I understood you correctly, when you do what you love, you feel alive and that makes you happy. And when you do what you love, you see the deeper reason that connects you to something bigger, especially to making other people happy. And when you make others happy, you feel happy as well. And the whole cycle makes you feel alive, correct? Yeah, that's perfect. So tell me projects. What does it mean? How does it work in this way? Because if there is this cycle, anything that makes other people happy makes you happy and it makes you feel alive. And it's not necessarily a project, but you mentioned the importance of projects for you. So where does it fit within this image? I guess projects are a way of making more people happy at once. And it's also a way to work on some skills. Um, And it's also a great way to meet new people because many of the projects I did helped me meet amazing, wonderful peers from different fields. And it's just great because after every project you implement, you have so many new contacts and so many great amazing people in your life that you could text anytime or invite to a different project of yours so you can make the world a better place together. So I think... I love that. (laughs) I love it. But I want to speak about theater. So it seems to me it's the same thing when it comes to theater. You're making the audience happy. You're meeting great actors and people who are passionate and love what they do. You're having new contacts and you're developing skills. Is this correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what is the difference then 
in magnitude or in emotions or in experience between doing like a theatrical play or a project? Well, they're absolutely different because, well, theater doesn't necessarily have to make someone happy. Theater is more about giving people ideas and making them reconsider some things about their lives. Or to me, theater really is a very powerful tool to make people think. And yes, I guess that's what I really value about theater. And with projects, it can be similar. However, if we talk about emotions um, in both cases, I think theater is more about emotions. Projects are more about the physical work that you... Oh, that's so hard to explain. What a hard question. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if I have an answer, really. Are you more about emotions or about the physical work? I think both. I think it really depends. It depends or can you be both at the same time? <laughs> I can be both at the same time. It can be one or the other. Um... And usually some... Often people who are emotional are creative and they don't finish any projects. <laughs> they begin many. While the people who focus on the physical work, they are good at finishing projects, but they're not so creative and emotional. How do you combine both sides of your personality? And was this always the case? Or did you have a situation of growth and integration of both? Yeah, I think it's more about growth because as you said, all of us are probably having stronger sides. And to me, the stronger side was always emotional, creative one. So it's easy for me to come up with new ideas and have a lot of sticker notes with possible ways to change the world. But when it actually comes to implementation, it requires a lot of patience and hard work. And usually you need a team, responsible people who would help you um, and bring their ideas and develop those together. Um, so to me, it's always been hard to organize myself and that's why now I'm, you know, a control freak as they call it. And I really like tracking things, tracking deadlines and listing down all the to-dos because otherwise I just get lost in my ideas. It's wonderful that you're doing that in order to develop and use the best of every side of who you are. And you said the importance of having a team. As well as previously, you spoke about in projects, meeting people, getting to know them, having contacts, you can message in order to do multiple things, including new projects. Is that the most exciting thing when you meet new people? Is that you think, wow, this will be a perfect team member and that is the most exciting thing? Or is there other things that are even more exciting for you when you meet new people? Well, I don't see people as only future possible teammates. Um, not everybody's made for projects, of course. Um, I think I just enjoy being around people and learning about them, really. Um, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you said you love to ask a lot of questions. What kind of questions do you tend to ask new people about? Is it about their backgrounds? Is it about what they have overcome in life? Is it about their opinions? Is it about their visions for the future? Is it about their values or something like that, relationships? What do you tend to be 
like the signature Mary kind of <laughs> questions <laughs> that you tend to gravitate and be most curious about? I guess when you just start and you just meet people, not everybody is open to talking about deep questions like values and opinions. So I usually start with light ones, you know, like day or night, tea or coffee, what's your favorite food, what's your favorite quote. Um, and those can be great to start the conversation, but then you can shift into some, well, I like, I like discussing politics, okay? <laughs> and I know some people do too, and it can be quite entertaining. Um, you could also discuss, yeah, I think opinions are great. Opinions are great to, to get to know people better because when you ask them about certain social issues, their response can say a lot about their background as well, even though you're not asking them directly. And that's how you can learn about their values as well. So that's a tricky way of learning more about people without actually asking direct questions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And you said you love to discuss, but discussing makes me think more of debating, <laughs> which is not any really learning from people. So is it more like the Socratic method where you ask them questions in order to change their mind and recruit them to your point of view? That's what I'm thinking now. Or what do you mean with discussing? How do you learn from them if you're discussing? Are you easily open to changing your mind? Are you trying to get counter arguments in order to change your thinking? Or are you influencing how they think, especially when it comes to politics? How does it go? Because it can go multiple ways. I guess to me, discussion is just talking. Probably it's a, a stronger word that I shouldn't have used. Um, but I really like hearing different opinions from mine because there is always more than one side to a certain issue or a thing or a topic. And it's not about counter-arguments or persuading someone because we all deserve to have our unique point of view. Um, and yeah, that's the way you learn. You just listen to people who have different opinions. You analyze those. You try to reevaluate what you have thought was right. And that's how you challenge your own beliefs and become stronger, learn, grow, become better. And yeah. Thank you. You spoke about... I believe that learning and growing seems to be something very important for you, whether reflecting in nature, journaling, like you spoke about burnout, discussing with people in order to be exposed to their counterpoints, as well as practicing skills and learning skills in projects. Is this correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How is your daily or weekly routine since you said you're a control freak now <laughs> in order to ensure you reflect learn journal and extract lessons from your experiences do you have time that is scheduled for that or how does it happen oh yes i have tried many techniques before but i think my favorite has been time blocking and many people recommend morning routines to make it less of a decision-making time for your brain because our brains really don't want to make many decisions in the morning because it burns a lot of energy and it then plays a bad joke with your creativity. So uh, <laughs> I try to have set routines in the morning and then studying, well, it usually is studying, then my job, then volunteering projects and 
different activities. It just varies from day to day because, you know, many activities should be scheduled. Um, <laughs> I sound like a very busy person, however, I'm not really. And it might sound like I'm doing a lot, but I, I'm, I'm really not. And I don't want this to sound, oh, I'll get into burnout again. But, you know, I feel like nowadays we all are facing a lot of stress because we feel like we're not good enough or not as good as other people are. And with this podcast and to everyone who is listening to this right now, I just want to say that even though we might be feeling like somebody else is all busy and working 24-7, they're not. Well, most likely they're not. If they are, they're superhuman and great for them. However, you don't have to be doing that. You, like, it's best if you just find the pace that works for you and, you know, be attentive to yourself. I know it may sound very cliche, but, you know, love yourself. Don't be like me. Don't push yourself around so much because that will really make you happier than overachieving and then not be satisfied because you're just burned out so yeah sorry that was a long one no tell me how do you push yourself around too much i had actually two guests who are workaholics similar to you one she said she's escaping the feeling of emptiness Mm -hmm. and the other one said i refuse to be average so that was what's pushing them to burn out. <laughs> How do you, what is your flavor of, of pushing yourself around? Because it doesn't sound happy to me, you know. People sometimes they say, why don't you speak about people's achievements? Because it's not linked to happiness. You can be unhappy and the most productive achievement-oriented person in the world. And often it is because people escape that unhappiness. And you can be a happy person who we have a lot to learn from and a lot of wisdom who might have learned it from failing, actually. And that's really interesting to know. It's not about, it's not a reflection of the inner world, what happened with the um, outer achievements. So I'm more interested in the souls and people's reality, inner reality. Yes, definitely. I was wondering that same question about your podcast for so long. Like, why don't we talk about these programs? Why don't we talk about the great things people do? And now I actually understand it. It makes so much sense now. And honestly, I'm so thankful to you for not concentrating on that because always hearing how people succeed and how great they are is kind of toxic. Well, I don't know, it often overwhelms me and just hearing people be people on your podcast is what makes it so great because you don't hear about people's job. You just hear about what makes them happy and you understand that they're the same people as you are and that you don't have to have achieved so much and have won so many medals in your 15, you know, because I'm not the type of person. I have a single medal for finishing high school with perfect grades. Um, So if it makes anyone feel better, I'm just a normal human who also watches Netflix. And that is what makes me happy sometimes. So I think that's very valuable to understand. And what makes you happy? One second. (laughs) It reminds me I had one girl from Flex who was very active. And at 21 or 22, she burned out. She just stopped. She won't do any projects anymore. 
Yeah. She said from 14 years old until like whatever. She said nine years. So probably she was like 22 or 23 or whatever. And she said now she doesn't have any more energy, drive mm-hmm. or desire to do any more projects because she spent all her teen life not being a teenager, but being a productive adult. And I thought that's so absolutely sad, especially that it's projects that really won't add they don't give her a foundation for later on to build anything because she exhausted all herself. And now it's like when her life is beginning, she doesn't have what the um, Chinese call the Jing energy or that youthful energy. She spent it all on the other projects and she doesn't have it to build her own life. And I thought, wow, that is too much. Not only her, but also a few flex people who decided to stop to walk around in the woods more rather than to be rushing from meeting to meeting and project to project. And to me, you ask me what makes me happy. I judge my day by three things. When I do my nightly journaling, (laughs) which is, did I make the life of someone else a bit better that day? Did I grow 1% more that day? And did I have moments that I consider to be meaningful and happy in that day? And if I have those three, then that's a successful day. And that's really what matters. It's inner peace and happiness. It's growth to become better, but not coming from a place of thinking, wow, I'm broken or I'm incomplete and I need to become better in order to fill that lack. It's more about I am good and I'm excited about the potential I can be. And also life, you mentioned the importance of happiness and making like impact in people's lives. And it's they did scientific studies and they found the highest quotient of happiness comes when someone does something that makes another person happy because they become happy the person is happier and any person watching becomes happy as well (laughs) which is a really wonderful thing and to ask you then again you said when you want to feel alive you like to speak with people and understand them as well as you like to sit in nature in order to reflect, to meditate, and or read, as well as being with your turtles and (laughs) the various animals and to be outside of the city. You choose to be vegan. Well, it's your time to promote it and convince people. If you were to tell people why they should care more about sustainability, why they should become like consider becoming vegan, what would you say? You know, I really don't like forcing people to become vegan or be more thoughtful about sustainability, even though it's very important. I think we all... Actually, one thing. I remember a hedge fund manager was saying that most smart, really good people are too shy while stupid people are very confident (laughs) and therefore the world is filled like many people if you find who became successful you find that often people who are smart think about 
all the ways they're not perfect, all the ways things can go wrong, and therefore they're like have this paralysis of analysis or even fear, while people who are not smart enough to see the problems and the dangers just go rush ahead and they got lucky sometimes and they become like celebrated as heroes and high achievers. And therefore, no, say it. This is your time. Remember that the listener has the choice. You're not like taking and forcing them to listen. If someone is interested, they will listen. If not, they will doodle something or they're singing their head. <laughs> because I remember that was a really smart smart girl who was like, I feel very shy to post on social media because I don't want to take people's time. You know, if I post something about projects and then I don't know if, they, no, but the stupid people are posting like almost naked pictures all day long and they're not shy about it. And she's like afraid to write about some really cool project that people will be interested in. No, be brave, reclaim this, you know, it's right, your time to reclaim it from the people who are not even smart enough to be afraid, or to be shy, or to be embarrassed, and just share your truth, why you personally became vegan, why do you care about sustainability, and maybe your own reasons will impact others. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess to me, it all started with love for animals. Since I was very young, I always wondered, where the meat comes from. And when I started to think about it, just a thought of an animal having to die for me was unjustifiable. And I knew my parents, I knew that they would never allow me to go vegan because, well, there is this misconception that a human cannot be healthy and strong and alive and have a normal childhood while being vegan. However, that is not true. There have been multiple researches done on that and even pregnant women can have an absolutely happy life and happy child while being vegan. So it's all about research. It's about finding your own reasons. And, you know, many people ask me whether I want meat and I don't because even though I remember that it tastes good and everything, it's just about understanding why you do something. It's about the reason that we talked about before. And to me, it's really about cruelty that cannot be justified because I can survive. I can live happily without any living creature having to die for me. And, you know, just thinking that an animal had to lose their life or struggle their whole life in a cage or being taken away from their parents or, you know, um, and knowing that all that had to happen just so you can have this one meal that you can... Well, there are so many substitutes to meat, to cheese, to dairy, and they can be just as healthy, just as tasteful, just as delicious. And I don't think that that's good enough of an excuse that you wanted your taste buds to feel something, you know. So to me, it's really about preventing cruelty. And then come the other reasons like benefits for environment. And I don't want to go into statistics and everything, even though I could, because I know it won't persuade many people. But I just recommend you watch some documentaries. There are plenty of good ones. Cowspiracy is a good one, for instance. I'm not sure if that's considered an advertisement. It's not. Um, but really, do your research and see if it's something that you really want to do. Because it will help you not only be easier on the environment, which is a very crucial topic, um, 
and you can see climate change is real um but it's also something that will make you yourself feel better because when you go to bed like as you said today it's about being one person better it's about having those meaningful moments in life and making someone's life better and someone's life can be not just life of a human but a life of a happy animal you know so yeah just bring positivity to the world and don't cause suffering well i'm not saying you're causing suffering i'm sorry if i made you feel bad but uh yeah i shouldn't keep going with this i really started feeling shy and everything but yeah really it's about doing your research and seeing which reasons work best for you and then if you feel like it's something that you want to pursue if it's something you believe in then just go for it join the community of vegans Thank you. That was a great speech <laughs> and your shyness was endearing. So two things now to add even more because I don't want to end this now. I want you first to share people who are impressed because I remember I was speaking to a really cool entrepreneur from uh, Ukraine. He had like the biggest robotics company and I told him there is a worship of of entrepreneurs, whether Elon Musk or whatever, but they forget, and I did study this a lot, all successful people had a lucky moment that really changed their life. So it wasn't hard work, and they're like all hardworking. Often it's the things not in the plan, in our plans, that change everything, whether meeting someone unexpectedly or hearing from someone about new opportunity. I don't know how your flex experience is, but I'm pretty sure you didn't have a plan like five years plan that was okay. At the end of five years, I will be ready to go to flex. That was quicker than that, <laughs> at least hopefully. So he said a classmate of his, he was working on a robotic thing, said there is a competition they can join. He joined it and won the first prize and received like funding for his business and was coached by the best business minds in Europe. And that is how his business started. If he didn't go to that competition, it wasn't him because he was working 80 hours a week or whatever he was, but he said because he loved his work more than his family. I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's why. But it's if he worked like 10,000 years without that lucky break, he wouldn't be much further. But Often it is, or Elon Musk, what happened is he was in states where they gave him like tax subsidies and funding for his uh, Tesla, etc. And uh, that helped him a billion times. That made him so much potential and ability. If it wasn't the case that he will get those breaks and be at the right time and the right place, he wouldn't be the Elon Musk of today or Bill Gates. Well, his mother knew the people who worked at IBM and got him a meeting so that they will um, buy Microsoft's uh, Windows for the first time for IBM. Like all that stuff. It's, uh, it's not like they're superhuman working 24 hours a day. Yes, do your best. Take care of yourself. Do what you're passionate about and what you love. But understand that often the difference between you and those with a high achievement is that they happen to have heard of the right opportunities or they happen to be in the right place at the right time. And therefore, don't take for yourself that the outer 
achievements are a measurement of your value, worth, and effort? No. Seeing yourself, am I better than I was yesterday? That's it. If society, like uh, Krishnamurti said, it's not a measure of uh, mental health to be fully adjusted to a profoundly sick society. So (laughs) I leave you with that. Tell me, please, uh, your thoughts about achievement as well as mental health, how to improve it, especially because of the pandemic. Too, Too many people feel stuck. They feel hurt. They feel depressed. Whoa, that was such a great speech of yours. And I genuinely loved it so much. It gave me so many insights. And I just want to comment on that a bit before I move on to the questions. And you talked a lot about knowing about the right opportunities. And there is such thing, such concept as unfair advantages. Um, And it's basically about you growing in a great neighborhood, or maybe you knowing someone that somebody somebody else doesn't know, like the story you told about somebody's mother you know, in IBM. Anyway, yes. So Bill Gates. Yes. Thank you. Um, and it's also about saying yes to opportunities. Like we talked about being shy, very smart people doubting themselves for no reason because we think we're not good enough. You know, if I thought my English wasn't good enough, even though I did when I first applied to Flex, I would have never been who I am today. And just taking that leap into the unknown is maybe something that will turn your future upside down. And I mean, in a good way. Um, So saying yes and exposing yourself to opportunities, forgetting about being shy is really something that can change your life and, you know, make you the second Elon Musk of our future. (laughs) And yeah, about mental health. Uh, We talked a lot about taking the break, taking that step back and letting yourself be you, not rushing anywhere, even though it can be hard and intimidating. Trust me, I know. Yeah, it's really important to notice those moments when you feel like something is irritating you, uh, when it just doesn't feel right. And when it doesn't feel right, just close your laptop, take a deep breath, get some water and go for a walk. It's really something that will help you take your mind off of that thing that you're really upset about. And if you take, let's say, even three minutes to yourself, if you just stay right there, close your eyes, breathe, it will really help you let go. I know you might feel silly, especially if there are people around you, but just try doing it and see if it works for you. If it doesn't, you can try journaling. You can try anything, really. There are so many ways to deal with stress, but really try this simple thing. Just give yourself a break, close your eyes and breathe. And that's what really could help you feel better like like that um yeah i'm not sure if that's very helpful advice but please try that um and dealing with those little moments of anxiety or stress is really something that can prevent larger and greater and worse thing from happening and we talked about burnout before (laughs) i keep coming back to this but really control that and deal with stress before it grows into burnout and before burnout grows into depression because then it will be quite heavy and hard to deal with. Yes. Aziz, do you have any advice on that? Yes. Actually, today, um, Pressfield, Stephen Pressfield, who is from the, uh, the author of The War of Art, 
where he speaks about inner resistance to creativity and how to overcome it. But I love the quote that he said. He said, the falsest economy is trying to do more when you're tired because then you cannot give your all the next day. So when he begins to make mistakes, he will stop and end the day of work no matter what because he knows if he keeps on going, first, the work will be less valuable. <laughs> and, you know, but I tried it. I thought, okay, I heard of those people who work like 20 hours a day or whatever. And I thought for one week, I will do that. I'll see what happens. And the first day was absolutely amazingly productive. But then the second day, it will take me like 10 hours to do what I used to do in one hour. <laughs> I just, it wasn't. It was like too distracted, uh, too unfocused. You might even like, by the fourth day, I would read a sentence, but I cannot even comprehend it. And I'm like, dude, uh, this is not normal. What are these people saying when they say we work uh, all the time? But then I guess all those people who say that they're like billionaires, so maybe they're like in a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like speaking to their assistants, telling them what to do. And they're like, yeah, I work 20 hours in a day while I'm on my yacht, you know, <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> yes, that will work. But if you really sit in a desk for 20 hours or 16 or whatever, your back will kill you. <laughs> it, it will be like too much. Um, it's not really realistic. We're humans. We're not robots. Yeah. I spoke with this German entrepreneur who said, for the longest time, he was working so hard because he wanted people to think that he's great and to say, wow, he's so impressive and he's such a hard worker. But then when he achieved all his goals, he felt lost because he said, I have been working so hard, but I didn't take care of my happiness. And now he doesn't know what makes him happy. He knows nothing except to do more work. But he doesn't have great relationships with people because all they know is uh, work relationships. He doesn't know what hobbies he will love. So he said that often it's not worth it because when you arrive to what you think your goal is, but you sacrificed your life and your happiness, all you end up with is, yes, maybe more money and more achievements. But when that loses the meaning, when other people's validation is meaningless to you because you cannot feel happy, then you regret every single hour you spent working and that is not worth it at all. Oh, yes, definitely. Absolutely. Or not even only him, even the vice president of Helen Martin Group. He said he worked so hard, but he didn't feel, he wasn't feeling himself because he was hiding all his emotions. And now he just wants to stop working, go to India, meditate all day long <laughs> in order to find himself. And I thought that's really hard. Yeah, there is a very good book called The Four-Hour Workweek. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, but it's very good. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Of course, we. I mean, like, it's one of the most famous books ever. Yeah, it's the best book. And he talks a lot about fear and how it's preventing people from going after their dreams and how they're stuck doing something they don't enjoy just because of the fear. And he has a wonderful example of a guy who was very afraid of being poor and like having nothing to eat or whatever. And this guy just took off to Africa. He went to 
I don't remember which country exactly. And he went to Africa and he lived the whole entire year eating, what was it, corn soup? Like, he ate the same thing every day and it tasted so much better than whatever he could have eaten back in his home country because he was surrounded by a local community who were so fun to be around with. And like, he just felt great because he didn't have to rush and follow this hustle culture and be someone who he's not. And he came back so much happier than he left there. And he understood that whatever he feared wasn't as scary as he thought it was. And that was what really helped him find himself and be excited about what he does. And yeah, sometimes we all need to take that step, first step to whatever might be scaring us and see where it leads because you know we're not, you never know unless you try. Yeah. And another thing, uh, there is a concept of deep work. And since Aziz talked so much about how people work hard and not smart, uh, I want to touch on that too. The concept of deep work is basically about, um, it's about time logging kind of. So like you have four to two hours, let's say of work and no distractions, like put your phone away, turn off music and just concentrate on what you do. Because usually if we work for a very long time, it's distractions that take us that long because we are not fully concentrated. And so if you want to learn more about deep work, Google it. Uh, but that's really something that could be helpful. Yep, giving it back to Aziz. Thank you. I recommend the book, The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, which is a practical guide to personal freedom that will be absolutely fantastic. I recommend it to all people. And I like what you're saying about deep work. But I will say that the secret to productivity is to do what you love. So if someone is being too distracted while they do everything, yes, they might need to rest. That is essential. But it could be that they're doing what their parents want them to do or what society they think will value or will make them look cool, but not their true purpose and their heart's desire. Thank you, Mary. If people want to follow you to learn more about you, where should they go? What is the best place? As well as the Ukraine Volunteer Service, if you can speak a little bit about that before we end. Yeah, sure. I'll touch on Ukrainian Volunteer Service first. Basically, we are a platform and an organization which promotes and develops volunteering in Ukraine. So if you're interested in finding your first volunteering or exploring this world for yourself, please go to Ukrainska Volunteerska Služba or you can go to Volunteerska Platforma. You can just look it up and different volunteering opportunities from all around Ukraine will be right in front of your eyes. Um, yeah, we also have Instagram and Facebook, so you can find us there as well. And if you want to find me to ask me anything about volunteering, about mindfulness, about really any topic we touched on today, or just talk, um, you can look up Mary Lemza in, on Instagram. Yeah, it's one word, so it's pretty easy to find. Thank you. And before we finish, I interviewed from Flex and Shubatik who did eight different internships. And she was saying the same as you, that it's not about working too hard or thinking she's working 24 hours in a day. She also sometimes is 
procrastinates or gets lazy, although she doesn't take weekends off, which is not good. That's why she said, like, people think maybe she's so smart in order to get all those great uh, internships. But no, she sometimes gets lazy. She sometimes is not productive. But also she is willing to sacrifice her weekends in order to do that. And for some people, don't think because it's not your life is not her life. If for you sacrificing the weekends is not worth it, nobody can tell you that is wrong. You know what I mean? Like there is an author, he has a book called Be Obsessed or Be Average. No, that is put in two extremes. You can be happy. You can be happy walking in the woods and just not having any medals. And that's good enough. (laughs) You don't need anything in order to be happy other than what makes you happy. If hustling during that day makes you happy, do it. If the next day you will be happier walking by the lake or the beach, then do that and live because we only have now. The past is gone. We cannot change what we did in the past. The future, we can only like influence it, but there is a lot of randomness and chaos and luck involved. But you're not guaranteed the next moment, so be happy now. That's all. Remember, happiness is not something we get. It's something we remember to do by doing what our heart calls us to do. And sometimes that is to lay and read a book on on the beach or whatever you want that costs nothing. You can go to a park, sit in a park, look at people and be the happiest person in the world. You don't need to be the CEO or a NASA astronaut or something in order to be worthy as a human being. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And to briefly add to that, I will only say that if you ever feel that little spark or a desire to do something, just go for it. If you feel like you want to record a YouTube video, if you feel like you want to try acrylics, if you feel like you want to go for a walk, just do it and see where it brings you. And thank you so much, Aziz, for this amazing interview. I'm so glad that there are people like you who bring happiness to other people's lives. And I really hope that this podcast is helpful to someone out there and helps them become happier. Thank you, Mary. It's my pleasure, my honor, my privilege, and I wish you a great day. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Have a wonderful day.